Stand with me all over this house as we quickly turn to the word of the Lord as the musicians keep playing that song softly. Amen. I want to talk to you quickly on something that the Lord has placed upon my heart this week. Turn with me to the book of 2 Corinthians, the 4th chapter and the 8th verse. I'm aware of our time restraints today. Amen. But it takes the word of God to save a man and a woman's soul. Amen. And I'm feeling the presence of the Lord in this place today. I want to speak to this body for a few moments out of the second. Corinthians, the fourth chapter, we'll be reading verse 8 through 11, a very familiar passage of Scripture. Our junior church may be dismissed if they haven't already. Second uh, Corinthians, the fourth chapter and the eighth verse. If, you, if you're there, shout out amen real loud. Chapter 4, verse 8, the word of the Lord said, We are troubled on every side. <laughs> Yet not distressed. Well, I'll tell you what, when you got the Holy Ghost, that says a whole new thing to you. So I'm going to say it one more time. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted. We are not forsaken. Cast down but not destroyed, always bearing about in the body. I want you to notice it says in the body, not in the spirit, but we're always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body, not our spirit, not what's inside of you, but he might be made manifest in your body. In your body. Listen, I don't want this church to ever get caught up in the lie that we don't have to live holy because everything is spiritual. That's a lie straight from the pits of hell. So I'm going to read this verse one more time just to debunk all of those false ideologies. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body mortal flesh. One more place of scripture. The book of Galatians, the second chapter, verse 20. If we could put that up on the screen today. Galatians 2 and 20. You don't have to turn there. Just know that it's in the word of God. You can see it up on the screen behind me. The apostle Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. <laughs> Nevertheless, I live. I'm not dead. I'm crucified with Christ, but I ain't dead. I'm alive. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, yet I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth within me. 
And the life which I now live in this flesh, I live it by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and he gave himself for me. With the help of the Holy Ghost and the praise of a peculiar people. (laughs) Are you a peculiar people today? With the help of the Holy Ghost and the praise of a peculiar people. Amen. I want to minister to you today on this subject. The agents, the agents of your crucifixion. The agents, I'm not talking about the CIA or the FBI or the DOJ. I'm talking about the agents of your crucifixion. Today, I want you to lay your Bibles down in your seat. I want you to lift up a praise unto the Lord today. Come on, can we magnify Him for just a moment in this house? Come on, whatever you magnify, you bring it closer to you. You make it bigger. You make it greater. You make it larger. Oh, magnify the Lord with me in this house. And let's exalt his name together all over this house. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise today? Hallelujah. The agents of your crucifixion. The Lord bless you. You may be seated for a moment today. Amen. I'll try not to keep it too long. What a wonderful presence of the Lord is in this place. Surely the Lord has blessed us. Surely the Lord has inhabited the praises of his people. And for just a few moments, I realize we have a church picnic today, but I want to take just a few moments today and I want to minister to you on this topic, the agents of your crucifixion. There was a 20th century evangelist named Oswald Chambers. Oswald Chambers was well known for a devotional book that he wrote. Some of you Bible students in this place may even have this book at home. The book was entitled, My Utmost for His Highest. It's a tremendous book. It's a daily devotional. Gives many insights and encouraging words. In this book, Oswald Chambers makes a comment. Today, I want to use that comment as I open with my topic today. He said these words in his book. He made this statement. He said, spiritual maturity is going from being thin-skinned and hard-hearted to being thick-skinned and soft-hearted. I'm going to say it one more time because I really want you to get this down in your spirit. Spiritual maturity is going from having thin skin and a hardened heart to having thick skin and a soft heart. I don't know how much greater I could describe to you today. I don't know that there is a better way to 
describe spiritual maturity today. Someone who is thin-skinned gets offended easily. Can I tell you, you're going to have a hard time getting into heaven, getting offended all the time. Someone who has thin skin gets offended easily. And someone who has a hardened heart is someone who is not willing to be affected by other people. Yesterday, four of our saints from this church went to another church for training for our Celebrate Recovery. As I listened to the testimonies of what happened in that place, they were telling me there was a, not a dry eye in the place. As the testimonies of people came out and the goodness of God is revealed in people's lives, the Lord began to sweep through that place and tender hearts, softened hearts began to weep unto the Lord. Can I tell you, you're going to have a hard time making it to heaven with thin skin and a hardened heart. But we need spiritual maturity in our lives. We need a transition from thin skin to the skin of a rhinoceros and the heart of a child. That's what spiritual maturity is today. And when we have developed spiritual maturity, we have the skin of a rhinoceros and the heart of a child. It's there that we find out that God can truly use us. There, the Lord can truly achieve great things through us. Paul instructs the church in our text today to obtain spiritual maturity. The transformation of being thin-skinned and hard-hearted to becoming thick-skinned and soft-hearted. We, as the body of Christ, must learn to embrace adversity. I know that ain't popular teaching. But can I tell you, we as the church must learn to embrace adversity. Come on. We must learn to embrace adversity. Adversity, we must learn to embrace the crucifying of our flesh. Come on, I'm going to get right down where you're living today. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm coming to your neighborhood today. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preach to real people today. I want to get right down where you're living today. When the Apostle Paul spoke, about adversity, he spoke from his own experiences. He wasn't telling stories about other people. No, he was telling his own stories. He was talking about his own life. He was talking about his own life's experiences. It was something that he had lived through. And he understood that adversity and resistance are both necessary for spiritual growth. Resistance, in fact, Builds us up. How many remember that message that Brother Sanford preached in this church a couple years ago without an adversary? Can I remind you? I know it's been a couple years, but resistance still builds you up. Can I remind you there's still a need for an adversary in your life to motivate you? And resistance, uh, resistance builds us up. 
Amen. And uh, resistance teaches us. Resistance builds us. It instills faith in us. It gives us a confidence in Christ. Adversity and resistance force us to depend upon God. And once we have reached a level of spiritual maturity, we'll be able to accept adversity and we'll realize that adversity is actually useful in our lives and we'll begin to welcome it. Paul understood the necessity of adversity and the benefit that it had in his life. That's why he said in this very same book, the book of 2 Corinthians, Therefore I take pleasure in mine infirmities, in my reproaches. I take pleasure in my necessities. I take pleasure in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak then I am strong. (laughs) Resistance and adversity will make you strong. Paul understood that old proverb, Proverbs 17 and 17. A friend loveth at all times, but a brother is born for adversity. The truth is, church, you are not made for the beauty of the mountains. You are not made for those beautiful sunrises that you get to catch a glimpse of once in a while. No, sir, no, ma'am. You are not made for all of these beautiful things. This is simply God's handiwork to remind us how good he is. To remind us he'll never leave us. To remind us he'll go all the way with us even unto the end. To remind us that every morning when you wake up and get out of your bed, the Lord is going to go with you. But you, sir, you, ma'am, were made for the valley. You were born for adversity. You were born for adversity. You were made for the valley. These things are God's handiwork to remind us that God is good to us. These moments remind us a few weeks ago I left men's prayer and I was driving down US 31 and there was the most beautiful rainbow. I just had to get my phone out. I had to pull over off to the side of the road and take a picture of that thing and just put it on Facebook. So, man, I just left men's prayer and look, the Lord just gives me a sign of his promises. Those things are there to remind us that God's going to be good to us. God's going to show up for us. God is never going to fail us, but we are born for adversity. We're born for adversity. We're born, amen, listen, it's in the valley. It's in those ordinary things. It's in those circumstances of life, real life. That's where we prove our stamina. That's where we prove our strength. You, sir, you, ma'am, were built to last. You were built to endure. You were made to withstand. You were made to hold on. You were made to fight. You were born for adversity. You were made in his likeness. You were made in his image. And listen, when it comes to this life, can I tell you, Only dead fish go with the flow. I've been fishing enough, Brother Jesse. I've watched enough fish swimming in water to know 
that most fish are doing this. The water's coming. The water's flowing, but it ain't moving those fish if they don't want to be moved. In this life, only dead fish go with the flow. Come on, you were made to last. You were made to resist. You were made to stand. You were made to prosper. You were made to be blessed. But you got to understand, you're going to go through some stuff, and you're going to have agents of your crucifixion. You were born for adversity. And only dead fish go with the flow when it comes to this life, when it comes to this world. If you're going to be a child of God, sometimes you're going to have to swim against the current. Sometimes you're going to have to go against the normal. And sometimes you're going to have to brace yourself. And you're going to say, I'm not going to be moved. I'm going to be like a tree that's planted by still waters. Hallelujah. By, come on, the rivers of life. I'm going to be a, like a tree that's planted by the river. Amen. Sometimes we just got to find out we were made to last. We were made to swim, and only dead fish go with the flow. Can I tell you, the cowering down never got nobody to heaven. Can, can I just be real for just a moment? Cowering down, giving in. Falling into what the world is doing never got nobody to heaven. It never got nobody to heaven. If we're going to live in this life, we're going to live our life in Christ. I come to tell this body, you got to be crucified with Christ. Come on. If you're going to live a life in Christ, I just read you the scripture. Paul said, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ that lives within me. I am crucified with Christ. If we're going to live a life in Christ, we must be crucified with Christ. And there are agents of our crucifixion. There are sources of our adversity. And listen, if we're not Careful, we'll grow to hate the very things that God wants to use to help us become spiritually mature. We'll grow to hate our adversity, our circumstances, our problems, the things we go through. Instead of admonishing them, instead of thanking God for them, Paul said, I praise him, I rejoice, I lift him up in all these things. Because they're helping me mature in Christ Jesus. And if we're not careful, we'll grow to hate the very things that God wants to use to bless us. And to help us to mature in Christ. Amen. I want to use a a, a quick example today. I, I I want you to think about something for a second. Jesus could not have crucified himself. So the Lord sent agents. Come up here, Jacob. Come up here, Jacob. Jacob and Jacob. Come up here, Brother Brad. Stand right here, sir. You can turn around and face them. Jesus. Okay. I want you to stand behind him. I want you to grab his hand like this. Grab his hand and don't let him move his hand like that. Grab his hand right here like this. Like he's tied to a cross, all right? 
Now I want you to crucify yourself. Take this hand. Don't let go of him. Hold him tight. Take this hand and nail a cross in that hand. I can't. No man can crucify himself. No man can crucify himself. Jesus couldn't crucify himself, and you can't crucify yourself. So the Lord sends agents to get rid of your flesh, and they're agents of your crucifixion, and you ought to thank God for them today. Hallelujah. Thank you, sir. You can be seated. Thank you. No man can crucify himself. You can't crucify yourself. I can't crucify myself. So the Lord sends things in our life for adversity, to humble us, to bring out the nature of Christ in us. The next time that you're sitting at a stoplight and you don't realize the light has turned green and the guy behind you lays on the horn, remember he's an agent of your crucifixion. The Lord is using him to show you that you need the nature of Christ to come out in you, not your flesh. The Lord sends agents of crucifixion into our life. Listen, today I want to talk just for a few moments about some of those sources of adversity that the Lord uses in our lives as as agents of our own crucifixion. Number one, we got the devil. He's the main source of all adversity in our life. Without the devil to motivate us, not without the devil to motivate us, hardly any of us would achieve great things in God. But we have an adversary, and he's always seeking to destroy us. He's always looking to manipulate us. He's always looking to harm us and to destroy what God wants to do in our lives. 1 Peter 5 and 8, the Bible says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, is as a roaring lion, walking about, seeking whom he may devour. Scripture calls the devil our adversary or our enemy. Church, he's out to get us. He's out to get us. Satan's greatest weapon is his mouth. Or better yet, somebody else's mouth. (laughs) Ah, you're meddling, preacher, I know. But I'm preaching right where you're living today. The The greatest tool that the enemy has is his mouth or somebody else's mouth who's willing to be a tool for him. Come on. That's the greatest tool that he has, the greatest weapon that he has. But the saint of God has the ability to overcome the devil. If We just learn to push back and to resist. Come on, what the Bible say to us, resist the devil. Come on, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Come on, child of God, you have victory over the enemy today. All the children of God will face afflictions from the devil. It's just part of serving God. It's part of being who we are. It's part of being the body of Christ. The first and the foremost source of our adversity is the devil. He wants to destroy us. But what the enemy meant for evil, God will use it for good. God, 
God will use it for good. Come on, don't get upset about the agents of your crucifixion. The Lord is sending them your way to get rid of your flesh. Praise God. We need these agents in our life, the agents of our crucifixion. Secondly, we have people in our lives. Everybody say people. We have people in our lives as agents of our own crucifixion. We have people, we have family, we have friends, we have neighbors. Sometimes even brothers and sisters in Christ will be a source of adversary, a source of adversity in your life. I wish I had a nickel for every time I heard somebody say they've been church hurt. I'd be retired already. The truth is sometimes even your brothers and your sisters in Christ will be a source of adversity in your life. But whether or not you can handle offense is a true test of your spiritual maturity. Whether or not you're willing to hang in there when somebody says something that you don't like. Whether or not you're able to hang in there when you get offended and your flesh doesn't like it shows a true test of spiritual maturity. We have all of these agents in our life, agents of our crucifixion. When you become spiritually mature, you'll make allowance, you'll have tolerance for people's faults and people's failures. You'll realize that sometimes people mess up. This is all about getting to heaven. This is all about making it. This is all about developing into spiritual maturity in our life. And you won't allow the faults and the failures of other people to affect your walk with God. We got to become spiritually mature today. As a child of God, we must guard ourselves against bitterness and against disappointment. Don't allow the things that you go through. Don't allow the agents of your own crucifixion to turn you to a bitter and an angry person. No, sir. No, ma'am. God has sent those things into your life to crucify your flesh, to bring out the nature of Christ in your life, to reveal that you are made in his likeness and in his image. The Lord set The ultimate example for us, he told Adam and Eve in the garden that what they did was wrong, but he also offered them a covering for their sin. It should never be our goal to just plain out, flat out rebuke and to hurt somebody. We should do things with love. Come on, the Lord always offered a door of escape. And today, not just our sins, but the sins and the shortcomings of other people can be covered by the blood of Jesus Christ also. If he can redeem you, he can redeem them. If he can wash you clean, he can wash them clean today. Praise God. Then there are circumstances. I mean, no, we have plenty of circumstances. We have plenty of situations. Every day we experience this thing called life. Life's going to happen. You're not going to stop life from happening. Life is going to happen. And what we must remember is we are never without help in this life. 
Come on, we have a God that loves us today. The Lord is a very present help in the time of trouble. You are never without help in this life today. And the body of Christ is there to bear one another's burdens. We're here to lift one another up in prayer, to pray for your brothers and your sisters in Christ. Then there's the Lord. How many know the Lord can be an agent of your crucifixion? You don't want the Lord to be a source of your adversity. You don't want the Lord having to come to you all the time and say, you're out of my will. You don't want to develop the habit of not listening to God and him have to be constantly correcting you. The Lord can be a source of your adversity. You don't want the Lord to be that source. Jesus made the statement one time. He said, he who is not with me is against me. Can I tell you, you're either for him or you're against him. Think about that the next time you want to be lukewarm and you want one foot in Canaan and one foot in Egypt. Think about that the next time you want to be a part of the church and a part of the world. He said either you're for me or you're against me. The Lord will be a source of your adversity. The Bible teaches us if we violate one principle of the law, we have violated the entire law. When we reach a place of spiritual maturity, pleasing God will be all that matters. When we're really where we need to be in God, pleasing Him is going to be all that matters. You won't have to worry about what everybody else says if you do your best to please God. Come on. Pleasing Him has to become all that matters. You'll no longer ask yourself, is this wrong? You'll ask yourself, does this please God? Come on. You'll no longer attempt to live by rules and regulations. You'll live by the principle that my goal is to be pleasing to God. My goal is to make God happy. Does this honor God or does this dishonor God? Hope maketh not a shame because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts, church, by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. We're saved by hope today. Our hope is to be pleasing unto God. Listen to me today. In order to properly deal with adversity in your life, you got to have thick skin. You got to have a tender heart. You got to have a heart that God can shape and mold. You got to have skin that can handle problems and you won't throw in the towel. Sometimes we resist the agents of our own crucifixion. Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth within me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Stand with me all over this house as the musicians come quickly. Can I pastor this body for just a moment? Can I tell you today that you better know more of the Word of God than the devil does. I got three amens. I think there's a lot more people in here believe that. Can I tell you, you better know more of the Word of God than the devil does? Because if you don't, he's going to manipulate you. 
He's going to twist and turn you and prod you and mess you all kinds of messed up. If you don't know more of the Word of God than the devil does, you must know more of the Word of God than the devil does. Church, spiritual maturity needs to be your goal today. The devil is not immature. The devil is not naive. The devil knows the Word of God. The Bible teaches us that even the devils in hell know that there is one God, and they fear and they tremble. You better know more of the Word of God than the devil does today. It's going to take the Word of God to save your soul. All of these things that we've talked about today are agents of your crucifixion. You cannot crucify yourself. Jesus could not crucify himself. But we must be crucified with Christ so the Lord sends agents into our lives to help shape us and to help mold us, help bring out the nature of Christ in us. He sends challenges. He sends obstacles. He sends people, places, and things, agents of our own crucifixion. I'm crucified with Christ. I need to be more like him. I was born, I was made in his likeness. And in his image, I need to be more like Christ, but I got this thing called flesh. It's obstructing me. It's hindering me. It's in my way. So the Lord sends agents to help us to be more like Christ. All of these things are agents of your own crucifixion. The Lord sends these things into our lives to help us get the job done. You cannot become spiritually mature without crucifying your flesh. Your flesh will always be an obstacle to do. Yes, people are going to talk about you. People are going to do you harm. People are going to try to destroy you. What are you going to do? You're going to get bitter? You're going to get mad? Or are you going to learn to embrace it? Are you going to learn to say, Lord, you're testing me, and I want to pass the test? Lord, keep those agents of my crucifixion coming. Lord, let your nature be revealed in me. You're going to get bitter? You're going to get mad? Are you going to do like Jesus did? I want you to think about something for a second. Jesus was hanging on the cross. They spit on him. They mocked him. They beat him. They placed a crown of thorns upon his head. They said, come on, you're the king of the Jews. You've made yourself equal with God. Come down off of that cross. And the Lord said, you wait till I get down off of this cross. I'm going to unleash my fury on you. I'm going to hit you with a lightning bolt. No, that's not what he said. No, that's not what he said. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. They're agents of my crucifixion. They're helping me to accomplish my will upon this earth. Lord, forgive them. I love them. I'm doing this for them. Lord, they're agents of my crucifixion. The Lord didn't say, when I get down from here, you've had it. No, he said, Father, forgive them. Forgive them. You sent them here 
to help me get the job done. <laughs> oh, I feel the Holy Ghost today. I feel the Holy Ghost today. He loved the agents of his crucifixion. He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. You're using them to accomplish your will. They are the agents of my crucifixion. Let me give you an example today of spiritual maturity. Isn't it funny that Jesus called Judas his friend, but he called Peter his enemy? He told Peter, Jason, he told Peter, he said, I'm going to go away. They're going to take me. They're going to crucify me. But in three days, I'm going to raise again. And Peter said, no, Lord, no. No, absolutely not. That's not going to happen. You know, he said, get behind me, Satan. Get behind me. He called Judas his friend. I want you to think about this for a second. But he called Peter the devil. Because it wasn't about how he was treated. It wasn't about what he went through. It was about what he came to do. And he came to give his life for you and for me. Yes, Peter pulled out the sword that day when they came to take Jesus and he cut that soldier's ear off. And the Lord told him, he said, Peter, put up again thy sword into its sheath because he that lives by the sword is going to die by the sword. Peter, I need you to be spiritually mature. This is what I came to do. And what he realized was Judas was an agent of his crucifixion. He needed him to accomplish his will upon the earth. But Peter was an obstacle. Peter stood in his way. Judas was sending him to the cross. But Peter was trying to keep him from the cross. Can I tell you something today? You ought to thank God. You ought to thank God for every time the Word of God gets in your backyard and corrects you. You ought to thank God every time the Lord sends a word through your pastor or through an evangelist or through an elder or a leader and they get in your life and they let you know what it's going to take to get you to heaven. You ought to thank God for every agent in your crucifixion because you need the nature of Jesus Christ to come out in your life. you got to rid yourself of your flesh today. And what Jesus understood was Peter was trying to keep him from doing what he came to do. Oh, Holy Ghost. But Judas, Judas was an agent of God. He realized he had to go to the cross. And the Lord called Judas his friend. The one that betrayed him. It wasn't about Jesus' feelings. It wasn't about whether somebody talked about him or somebody spit upon him or somebody backstabbed him. It wasn't about any of those things. He didn't care how, he, how, how any of those things transpired or how they treated him. All he cared about was what God had called him to do. So he recognized through spiritual maturity that Judas was an agent of his crucifixion. And when he walked up that day with those soldiers... He said, hey, friend, what brings you this way?
He already knew. But he realized that Judas was helping him accomplish what he had come to do. The next time the Lord sends an obstacle in your way, don't get angry. Don't get bitter. The next time somebody turns their back on you, the Lord's just showing you, you got to be able to stand on your own. Don't get upset when somebody says something or somebody does something. They're just agents of your crucifixion. Are you going to become bitter? Are you going to become angry? Are you going to become dry? Are you going to withdraw? Are you going to say, I've been hurt? Are you going to say, Lord, all things work towards good. Everything you bring into my life, it's an agent. It's something you sent my way to make me who you want me to be. To make me who you want me to be. Jesus understood that he had to do what he came to do. You ought to thank God for every time you receive correction. You ought to thank God for every person that sends you to Calvary. Listen, those people that come into your life and the Lord uses them to get you to Calvary, to get you to the crucifixion of your flesh, they are not your enemy. They're the best friend you ever had in your life. Because when you get rid of your flesh and the Spirit of God raises up in you and the nature of God begins to come out in you, you're going to see the greatest things in your life that ever could come the past. You need the nature of Christ in your life. Come on. Don't get mad. We're teaching you to crucify your flesh. Come on, don't get mad when we talk about all these things. Don't get mad when we mention all of these things. We're helping you to crucify your flesh. You were made in his likeness. You were made in his image. And it's time for the church to get back to that. It's time for the church to get back to being made in his likeness and in his image. It's time for the church to understand they were fearfully and wonderfully made. God made you so you could be a blessing and be a light into the world that you're living in today. Made in his likeness. Made in his image. But there's some agents that helped me get there. I can't crucify myself. So the Lord sends these things into my life to help me. To help me say, oh, wretched man that I am. I got to starve out this flesh. I got to let the nature of God come out in me. The Lord sends agents. I am crucified with Christ. I am crucified with Christ. I am crucified with Christ. I'm not dead. I'm alive. I'm crucified with Christ. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. I'm crucified with Christ today. But it took all of these agents that God has sent into my life to crucify my flesh. Because no man can crucify himself. Agents. Agents, you ought to embrace the agents of your crucifixion. You ought to thank God like Paul did for adversity. All of these things, Paul said, they didn't move me. They just made me better. 
They just made me more like Christ. They just made me spiritually mature. They just helped me to be like Jesus Christ. If you're in this place today, you're tired of getting bitter every time that something comes into your life that hurts you, causes you trouble or pain or strife, and you're ready to become spiritually mature, I want you to get out of that seat right now as we sing this song with the Lord. I want you to come up to the front of this church. These altars are open. I want you to say, Lord, I realize now that you have sent all of these things. Everything that's happened, Lord, you have sent it into my life to make me who you want me to be. Help me, oh God, not to resist the agents of my own crucifixion. Lord, help me, Lord, to crucify my flesh. I'm crucified with you. Jesus, I want to be more like you today. Would you come? Would you get out of that seat today as we sing this song unto the Lord? Come on, He wants to make you more like Him. He wants to reveal Himself in you. He wants you to have the nature of Christ. You are made in His likeness and in His image. You are fearfully and wonderfully made today. You're a child of God. Those that reign with him got to suffer with him. You got to be crucified with Christ. That means all things have to be passed away. And all things have to become new. Come on. That means some people in your life are going to change. Some places in your life are going to change. The way you see things are going to change. The Lord's sending agents. The Lord's sending agents. The Lord's sending agents to help you to become what He wants you to be. Would you come today as we sing this song?